0: Good morning. Today is Friday, December 4th, 2020. Happy birthday to our son Dov and happy birthday to our granddaughter Alana. Happy birthday. There is a portion of this week's Parsha Vayishlach, a narrative that has a very practical imprint on our daily lives as Jews and it's a little bit surprising that this narrative should have this imprint and it's the narrative we discussed this earlier this week focusing on a different aspect of it but the Torah says as follows the night before Yaakov is to meet Esau for the first time in many years Yaakov is preparing for this reunion He's moving his things from one side of the river to the other side of the river. We discussed that before. Vayivaser Yaakov levado, and Yaakov found himself alone on the other bank of the river. Vayeyavek ish imo, and a man wrestled with him. Ad Alosa until the morning. Vayar kilo and the man wrestling with Yaakov saw that he was not able to defeat Yaakov, and he wounded the place of his hip, and Yaakov's hip was injured, wrestling with this man. This man is not identified, many different opinions about who or what this represents. What's going on here is also not quite so clear. But I will say this, I think the closest that I will ever get to Yaakov Avinu, to our Patriarch Jacob, is that I am also starting to feel the effects of sciatica. So that's, that's, our, that's, that's my common denominator. Okay. So that's the wrestling and that's the injury that occurs. Then a few psukim later, the Torah says as follows. Vayizrak lo Hashemesh, and the sun rises for Yaakov, right, we discussed that last night. The sun rises for Yaakov, kasher ovar es penuel, when he reached the place, when he left the place called penuel, v'hu tso al Yurecho, Yaakov was limping, because of his hip, so in other words, the the um, injury was not something that was minor that went away right away, but it was something that was still with him the next day. Therefore, the Torah says, the Jewish people do not eat the Gid the sciatic nerve, which runs over the hip and then down the legs until this day. And that is true for us until this day <speaking in Hebrew> because Yaakov was injured in that place on the hip where the Gid HaNosheh travels down the leg. So this is a very practical thing in order for meat to be kosher, along with all the other rules of kosher, the Gid HaNashe must be removed. Now the Gid HaNashe is a nerve that goes through the hip, down in an animal, down the hind legs, and it is extremely difficult to remove because of the nature of the way this nerve Uh, travels through the leg and the substance of the nerve, it's extremely time consuming for a butcher and a butcher would have to be extremely expert in being able to know how to remove this completely and to be able to take the time necessary to do it properly. For that reason, in modern times, it's just not financially feasible to do that. And for that reason, again, in modern times, the hindquarters of the animal is simply sent to the non-kosher market. Because, of course, certainly in North America, there is the, the non-kosher market for meat is much larger than the kosher market, many hundreds of times larger. And therefore, it's simply easier to send that to the non-kosher side. And that's why we restrict ourselves to the forequarter to the front part of the animal, and that is why that in general, there are some exceptions, but in general, there is no such thing as authentic kosher filet mignon, no authentic kosher sirloin, no authentic kosher T-bone steak, because all of those come from the hind quarter. Theoretically, they could be kosher if we would go through the lengthy process of removing the Gidhan Nasha and a couple of other things that have to be removed also. That's a separate subject. But it's just not uh, financially viable and therefore that's why we do not have those cuts of meat. It seems a little bit hard to understand. Um, first of all, why this story of the wrestling needs to be something that we remember every time we go to the grocery store. Every time we go to the butcher shop we have to remind ourselves which cuts we can eat and which cuts we're not going to eat. To remind ourselves of this narrative, why is this narrative something that is so important that we have to remember every time we eat a piece of meat? That's number one. And number two, if it is somehow to celebrate Yaakov triumphing over Asav. remember the rabbis in the Medrash described this Ish, this unidentified man as Saro Shaleisav, the angel of Esau, and somehow this is a conflict between the ideology or the um, li- approach to life of Yaakov versus Esau, <clears throat> but if that's what it is, normally if you're going to celebrate a triumph, you would celebrate a clear triumph. Here, this is not such a clear-cut triumph because Yaakov was, in fact, injured. He did not come out of it unscathed. He came out of it damaged. So why would we want to celebrate this kind of a victory? And finally, this mitzvah calls attention to the part of the body that was wounded. I mean... Why, if we do want to remember this narrative for some reason, why wouldn't we want to call attention to what worked, to what was good, to what triumphed? Why call attention to that specific spot on the body that was injured, that was damaged, that was vulnerable? So I'd like to share with you an approach that's based on the placement of the psukim. Let me explain what I mean. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> now, the psukim that I read to you before are in two sets. First, the Torah says, Yaakov was alone. He wrestled with a man all night until morning. The man, or the angel, saw that he would not be able to triumph over Yaakov and therefore he injured Yaakov's hip. Now, if what this mitzvah is about is the fact that Yaakov's hip was injured as a result of the wrestling, it would have made sense right here, where Yaakov's hip was injured, to say, al Cain." therefore, the Jewish people do not eat from the, the meat of an animal at the location of this hip and the Gid Han-Nosheh that lies over it. But that's not where the practical application verse comes. It only comes later. You skip a few psukim, and then the Torah says, The sun came out, and Yaakov was limping, but he was still going, therefore, now comes the Pesach, therefore, the Jewish people do not eat this part of the animal up until today. In other words, what the mitzvah commemorates is not the wrestling, and it is not commemorating, certainly, the injury. What it commemorates is the next day, although Yaakov was limping, he was able to keep going. He was able to move. He was able to overcome what had happened during the night before. The mitzvah celebrates the ability to overcome after being wounded in a struggle. And this is a really important lesson for us. This follows what I discussed last night from Aviva Zornberg. There is no promise in Jewish history that it will all be easy and that everything will go well. And just like there is no promise in Jewish history, there is no promise for the life of any one of us as individuals in our own personal lives, that it will be easy and that all will go well. There is a promise from God, however, that no matter what happens, we will survive. Even if we are limping, and even flourish in the face of adversity. And it is this message, following on what we discussed last night, it is this message that the Torah wants to imprint on our daily lives as Jews, to remember this promise of Hashem, that we will be able to flourish in the face of adversity. That is the theme of Yaakov's life, and that's the promise that God wants us to remember every single day. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs famously used to tell this story. It happened a number of years ago that Rabbi Sachs had to have a medical procedure, a stress test. Now, some of you may have also had a stress test and you'll be familiar with this on a first-hand basis. So, but if you're not, Basically, a stress test is to measure the health of your heart, your cardiac system, and the way it usually goes is the person is on a um, treadmill and uh, hooked up to all kinds of monitors that are measuring everything going on inside of you, and the treadmill starts and it picks up speed, and you have to walk as fast as fast as you can over a certain amount of time, and then it slows down, and you're walking at a very slow pace. And the 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 leads are capturing the measurements at every moment and every kind of measurement, and and that's the test. It's a stress test. So Rabbi Sachs says he was having a stress test, and he said to the doctor, "Tell me, what is it?" that you're measuring in this test. Are you measuring how fast I can go? Are you measuring how long I can continue? And the doctor said, no, we're not interested in how fast you can go. And we're not interested in how long you can continue. What we measure with the stress test is, we put stress on your heart, and then we measure how fast you are able to recover, how long it takes after the stress to be able to come back to normal. That's what tells us the real health of your heart and your cardiac system. But that's a really important lesson, not only for our heart and our cardiac system. That's a lesson for our lives as Jews. That's the lesson of Gid HaNosheh. The mitzvah of Gid HaNosheh to not eat from that part of the animal is a reminder on a daily basis of God's promise of recovery, God's promise of healing our wounds. Friends, I want to wish you a great day and a fantastic Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.